0: Welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm Nina Spears, the Baby Chick, your host. And today I am overjoyed to have Yumna Jawad of Feel Good Foodie joining us. Yumna discovered her passion for cooking after years of working as a food industry marketer. In 2007, she learned to cook with the help of her mother who worked wonders in the kitchen when Yumna was growing up. Now with over 3 million Instagram followers, Yumna has become a well-known wizard in the kitchen. She shares her favorite delicious Recipes with the world, and we are big fans. Today, we'll be chatting about the best tips and tricks to get you cooking for your family. Yumna knows firsthand that it can be hard to get a home cooked meal on the table every night, but believes anyone can do it. So, let's jump right in and get cooking. gosh. You know, I'm so excited to see you and talk to you again. Yes, me too. It's been what, like four years? <laughs> yes. I think it was in 2018. And now I had like an eight month old baby and now he's about to turn five. Blow That's my mind. That's crazy. You're I know. Really- and, Oh my gosh. And your your kiddos were little and now they're probably like teenagers and wild <laughs> or
1: not wild, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we, we first met on the Stonyfield uh, press trip, which was so much fun. And it was really just cool to get to know each other then. And it's so nice to reconnect. I mean, we've kept in touch on, Facebook, on Instagram, but it's just not the same, you know? Never. I miss all those in-person events. <laughs>
0: I do too. And I'm so glad that like the world is starting to come back and hopefully do those things again. And for those of you guys listening, Yuna is like, the sweetest person. You meet her, like what you see on her Instagram and everything else is like what you get. She is just so kind and has the biggest heart and just a true passion for what she does. It's just evident. So I'm just really thrilled that I get to connect with you again because it's been so long and also just learn so much from you and have you on. So thank you so much for being here.
1: Aw, thank you for the kind words. I really appreciate it. It is so good to connect and just, you know, talk about kiddos and food and all the things. (laughs)
0: Amen. I totally agree. So let's start from the very beginning. Like for our listeners that don't know you, just tell us a little bit about your experience. Can you tell us about you and your background and how Feel Good
1: Foodie came to be? Absolutely. So I basically had a 10-year background in marketing. And when I was on maternity leave with my son, I was still doing work for this company, but I wanted to just kind of have a little bit of fun on the side. And I got really interested in nutrition at the time because of my two little kiddos. And I wanted to just learn more recipes, learn why like quinoa was good for them and why certain foods were better than others. So I started an Instagram account. And I started to share this publicly. And I would say things like, oh, today, you know, I introduced chia seeds to my four-year-old and she loved them. And this is why chia seeds are good for you. And what was cool about it was that it was super approachable. The photos that I was sharing were just like really simplified iPhone photos. And so it related with a lot of people. It felt like approachable and it also felt Interesting. And so, and then anybody, t- anytime somebody would share the recipes of their own, they would look like mine. So, I think that approachable, accessible thing had a lot to do with it. And I just got super excited about like helping others. And I'm like, this is so cool. Like, I'm learning, they're learning, we're all learning together. And it was just great to just start putting it out there more and more. And before you knew it, I just became addicted to Instagram and, you know, content creation. And this was in 2013. And so, It is now going on almost nine years of doing this. And obviously things have changed so much since then. It started out as a hobby. And now it's more of a full-time job that I have with employees and contractors that i work with and a full team of people, which is so amazing. You know, I'm just so lucky to be able to call this work. So it's it's really cool, you know, and I think that a lot of content creators found a little passion, started a little something that they were interested in and grew it into a full-time job, which is just amazing these days. It really is. And that's so inspiring
0: that basically this hobby, this like interest and passion for making like better food for yourself and for your kids just grew into this whole business and what you're now able to do for families everywhere. And it's so true, like that approachability. And again, you can just sense your heart and like where you're at. It's not like I'm trying to sell you on stuff. It's like, no, like join me in my kitchen as I cook really delicious food for my family and you can do the same with yours. So that's so cool. I love sharing your... Story because it's so relatable and fun. And you have said that you used to pick up dinner from your mom on the way home from work in the early years of your marriage. What inspired you? Was it the kids that to learn to cook on your own? Like, what really was it that was like, okay, this is the time I'm going to
1: do it? Absolutely. So I was lucky to live like half a mile away from my mom when I first got married, but it was only eight months. And I knew the time was going to come where I was going to leave. And I just loved, um I grew up with my mom cooking home-cooked meals from scratch. They weren't even that complicated for the most part. I mean, maybe she started out complicated when we were first little, and then she just kind of kept finding shortcuts of ways of cooking. But it essentially, everything felt like homemade and from scratch. And I love that feeling of just like feeling so nourished, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I wanted to make sure that I give that to my family as well. And so I was like, oh, one day I'll learn, one day I'll learn. I just kept procrastinating. And I think it just kind of finally became more urgent when I finally moved away to another state completely. And I thought, okay, I really need to learn how to cook now. And so it was a little bit before having kids. But I started thinking like, all right, let me just at least learn, like, how do you make rice? How do you cook chicken on the stovetop? Just the simplest things ever that I literally did not know how to make. And then when the kids came, I was like, oh, wait, now I need to learn like different types of things. But then I thought, well, no, I don't need to learn how to make their foods and my foods let's figure out like how we all eat the same foods together. I just started seeking elsewhere online resources and talking to people at farmer's markets. Like how do you use watermelon radishes and what is this type of orange and that type of vegetable? And yeah. And then I just started kind of growing what I've learned from my mom at that point.
0: Oh, that is so cool. And I love how you said that you're basically not a short order cook. Like you're going, what your kids are eating is what the whole family is eating and to make, yes, to make delicious food for the whole family to enjoy. So that's cool. And now we know that your mother was a huge influence with your early years of cooking. When your mother was first teaching you how to cook, what were the most important lessons you learned?
1: I think it was not to fuss over the meals, not to make everything a big production. My mom still is today the queen of shortcuts. And one of the things she makes, for example, is we call them surprise spring rolls. She literally, she we love eating spring rolls and it's her way of like using up leftover vegetables. She'll literally stuff like all kinds of things in there. She might put cheese or corn or chicken or beef. Like we have no idea what's in them. She stuffs them in there, rolls them up, puts them in the, um, bakes them. And then they're always delicious. So we never know what's in them. And so, my mom is the queen of improvising and I've learned so much from her. I'm just like, all right, I need to make spaghetti, but I don't have mushrooms that I would normally use. Like what else can I throw in there just to add more vegetable? Like, can I throw eggplant if I chop it up really small? I can. And I did. And my kids didn't even know most of the time. And so I think that's a really important lesson is to not really take recipes so literally, but maybe just take them as inspiration. And, you know, sometimes I'll just share the simplest things like chicken and people are like, Oh, tell me the recipe. And I'm like, you know what? There's no recipe here. Like the main rule is cook for this many minutes and use this like visual cue and then just go with it. Have fun with it. Two of the important lessons is like, it's okay to improvise, have fun with it. And don't feel like you have to follow recipes, like follow your gut, follow the senses, smell it, taste it
0: (laughs) and enjoy it. Yeah, Yeah. follow your heart and just listen to. Oh, I love all of this. This is is making it less intimidating for those of us who are who are intimidated by trying to start in the kitchen. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So sometimes getting started in the kitchen can feel really overwhelming for someone who doesn't feel confident cooking. What advice would you offer to someone like in this stage? I know that you just gave some great tips, but is there anything else that's like a
1: first time starter? What would you say? I would say maybe try to find somebody that you can relate to that has recipes that just feel like they're approachable, they're simple, they're healthy, or they're more like comforting or whatever type of recipes that you like. And try to bookmark like one or two things from them, like the simplest things as possible and try to you know watch a video of theirs and just try to follow them closely just to kind of get started and just learning like a little bit of technique. And so I think that connecting with somebody that you see yourself in, in the early days when I first started, that was skinny taste for me you and I, we met her at our Stonyfield trip. And she's honestly one of those people that when I first started, I was like, I like, I like her recipes. I feel like she does a simple chicken Parmesan, but then like, she teaches me how to do it in a way that delivers so much flavor. So I connected with her. And I I think these days with so many influencers out there, so many different people cooking, most of which don't have any backgrounds in cooking, connecting with somebody that you see yourself in. It could be somebody just starting, could be somebody who's been doing it for 10 years, I think will really help you feel like you've got somebody along with you in this journey. And I also think that having a couple of simple tools as well will help you like a good knife, some good cutting boards, just like basic essentials like that, I think will really help a first time cook. And then I also think that just having a well-stocked fridge and pantry just figure out what those things are. Like for me, I always have onions and garlic and I always have carrots and celery and avocado. And I just feel like with some of those like staples, whatever those staples are for you, figuring out those like five to 10 things that you always have on hand that you can cook so many meals with them. For me, like those are a few of the vegetables I always have. And I always have yogurt and eggs. I feel like I can whip up almost anything with some of those few ingredients. So thinking about that, I think it'd be really helpful too. And I actually have a nice pantry list that it's my go-to on my website. And so we can link to that if you'd like to, because I think it's a really good resource for people like, oh, this is a really good starter and printing this, you can literally make like almost any recipe.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's perfect. We'd love to include that in the show notes. So that's super helpful. And everything you just shared, wow, I'm like a wealth (laughs) of knowledge. I was like, she already shared really great tips. I don't know if she has anything else. And you just spit out like 10 more things. So it's fantastic. (laughs) Cooking for a family as a busy parent comes with so many challenges. For example, like finding the time to prepare a home-cooked meal or cooking a meal that will please the entire family, like just to name a few. How can we overcome
1: these struggles and simplify the whole process? Oh my gosh, it's such—it's the everyday question, you know. What's for dinner, and what am (laughs) I making? How do I get? How do I feed everyone and please everyone and nourish everyone? And honestly, it's the constant question that you know moms and families deal with all the time. Like, what's for dinner, and how do I make it work? And some of the things that worked for me is cooking in bulk. I think has really helped me out a lot. Like if I'm making. Pasta dish. I'll double it up and just make sure that we've got enough for two or three days. For example, I do this once a week with Arabic stews. I make a there's like eight different types of stews that we make, and they all they're all served over rice. And so once a week, I make one, and I know that it's going to last us two to three days, which is wonderful to rely on that. And so I think that's tip number one is trying to cook in bulk whenever possible. And I also think that at some point in the week, whenever possible, try to think about the meals that you're making and try to prep whatever you can in advance, not even just by yourself, like getting the whole family to help. So one way that we do that is on Sundays, when I get all my vegetables, my son will peel the carrots. And that's his job is to peel the carrots. And then he puts it in a Tupperware with water. So we've got carrots that we can go ahead and use for meals, for whatever. Another thing that we like to do is washing all the berries that we get. And so taking this little time to just prep all the produce, because the worst thing ever is just staring at like a bag of whatever, like green onions that you bought or broccoli. And they're just sitting there. Yeah. It's like my kitchen when you have
0: a, like that drawer, what do they call it? It's like the drawer where your vegetables die and the then you don't do- Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. They just go there and they die. And honestly, I feel like if I can spend like 30 minutes prepping this beforehand. And so my kids have like the little jobs now that they do. And it's really helped us out a lot. And then don't complicate it as much as possible. Like try to think of ways that you can prep things all together. Like one of my favorites is like sheet pan meals. So we stick a protein in there, stick some veggies on the side, maybe cook some rice or some pasta or something and just like keep it as simple as possible whenever you can. I love that. That's so great. Yeah.
0: And now, Yumna, I need to know like what are your top three recipes you think that every mom needs to know?
1: Oh, that's a good one. I think, I think how to cook rice. I feel like, you know, a lot of people are scared of carbs in this country, but I just think that as a mom, rice is one of those like super nourishing foods that you can eat. It's not a full meal by itself, but it's something that like makes meals fuller. Like if you're cooking chicken and broccoli, like having that rice with it makes it fuller. If you've got a protein and you have no idea what to serve with it. So I love, I, I encourage people like learn how to make rice. I think that's a really good thing to learn. Another one I would say is I think like a one pot chicken and rice is another, I mean, I lo- I love rice <laughs> as you can tell, but I think this one pot, like beef and rice or chicken and rice or something is so essential because you basically throw any kind of vegetables you've got left over any kind of protein you put the rice in there mix it all together and you've got a meal that has like all the nutrients it's well balanced and it's really delicious that's a really good one for families to learn and I also think that learning how to make some kind of oatmeal or overnight oats is is really great as well because people see oats as kind of boring sometimes but I just feel like they're a complex carb. They make you feel full. They can be jazzed up in a million different ways. You can enjoy them hot or cold. They're great on the go. They're great for a sit down. And so learning how to make like a good overnight oat recipe or a really good, just simple oatmeal, like how long do you cook it? How do you make it on the stovetop? Can you do it in an instant pot? Picking a technique that works for you and just learning how to make oats. It's funny too, because I basically taught my kids. I was like, all right, there's three recipes that you need to learn how to make. And so... <laughs> They know how to fry eggs. They know how to make oatmeal. And my daughter is slowly learning how to make rice, but she hasn't perfected it yet. So I'm like, all right, those are the three that I would say provides like a nice, nourishing, well balanced foods.
0: That's perfect. And something for breakfast, lunch, dinner, like that yes. helps the whole
1: the whole day. Yeah, my daughter's like, if you ever go away, if something happens to you, at least I know how to make oatmeal. Like I'm sad, I can make oatmeal. <laughs>
0: Amazing, amazing! And now I'm curious. What was one of the first recipes that you made that that you made and that you loved and that your kids loved? Like, what was that first recipe?
1: Oh man, I think it was. Let's see. I don't know. I think maybe it's hard. It's hard to think of. It's hard to think of like the one first what's recipe that I made. But I do know that I learned how to make Arabic stews, and that was you know one of the first ones like. The first one that I made like peas and carrot stew, I loved it. I learned how to make it from my mom. I loved it. I, you know, tried it and then they all loved it as well. Something new that I loved is like baked feta pasta. It's like the first time I've ever tried that. And when I tried baked feta pasta, I was obsessed with it, but my kids hated it. (laughs) (laughs) The opposite of that. So it doesn't, it's not always a win, but it's fun to just try new ideas and new recipes. And that was one that they did not like. What was one that they did love? What was something
0: they were like, Ooh, mom, I could have this all the time.
1: I made a green goddess salad. That's like a new, relatively new one that you would never think that kids would enjoy it because it was kind of like one of those like viral TikTok recipes that um, somebody started and it was like cabbage and green onions and cucumbers. Those are the only three vegetables. And then the green goddess dressing was just this concoction of like herbs and nuts and milk and oil. just all kinds of nut milk, maybe oil. And it's just like this creamy green dressing that you pour all over the cabbage, onions, and cucumbers. And then it looks like guacamole. And my kids, there was no avocado in it, but my kids were like, is this guacamole? And they, they loved it. So it's really surprising. Sometimes you just don't know if what kids will like and what they'll gravitate towards until you try it. But that was one that, and they ate it with chips too, which I think really helps.
0: <laughs> and now I want to know, like in your household, do you guys have like a rule of, okay, you at least have to have one bite, yes. you know, like how did you get around? Like, cause you're testing out all of these delicious recipes and sometimes kids can be the pickiest
1: eater. Like how do you guys get around that? Oh my gosh. It is, it, it used to be a little bit easier. I think My kids used to see me like photographing the recipes. I used to, they used to be home a lot more often and they would see me like pouring and photographing, like really focusing and taking bites. And it looked so intriguing because I was spending so much time like focusing on this one food. And they were like, what is that? Can I try it? Can I try it? And so they got really excited about the whole process. And and I I always encourage them too to just try as much as possible. As they're getting older, they're like, "Mm, no, thank you. That doesn't sound good to me. And I'm like, I know it doesn't sound good to you, but palettes change all the time. Like you didn't like tomatoes two months ago, but this is a different way that I made the tomatoes today. Maybe try it. And honestly, the one time that they might like one out of ten, but the one time that they like it, I'll go back and be like, Remember that one time you like this? <laughs> See? And so I go back to that example. Remember the one time where you thought that you weren't gonna like the green goddess salad because it's a salad and you actually loved it? Like maybe this is another one of those, you know? Yeah. And so I use that kind of like those mind games and it works on them. Sometimes you're like, I really hate it. And I'm, and I say, you know what? You tried it. And that was, um, I made like a honey balsamic chicken in the oven, which my son was like, no, you cannot mix sweet things with chicken. Like it doesn't go, it's either sweet or savory. And to him, like chicken should not be sweet. And he was very upset by that recipe. And he was, He he refused to have another bite. He refused to finish his dinner. And I said, fine, I'll give you that one. It's okay, you know? Yeah, and so yeah. in that case, he just ate a lot of extra vegetables that night. He was like, "No chicken for me." I'm like, "Fine, fine, <laughs> fine. all right." As long as you're yeah. eating
0: your vegetables, I'm happy. <laughs> exactly. And Yumna, know, you said earlier that like planning is a big part. Like if you can prep some things and plan ahead of time, so we know that like planning is key when it comes to you know a home cooked meal. What are your tips for family meal planning and preparation? You, I know that you said that, that like getting your kids involved, but is there how do you Basically,
1: meal prep. How do you prepare for all of that? I start out with a list. I think it's very important to start out with like maybe three recipes that you want to make that week. It could be your grandma's chili, it could be like a cool new recipe that you saw on Instagram, or it could be tacos that you know for sure like on Tuesdays your kids are going to eat tacos. Whatever it is, I would highly recommend like putting the recipes on a piece of paper and then just taking a look at them and seeing like, all right, Monday we're having. This stew, there's going to be some left over. Then Wednesday we're having tacos. Thursday we're doing this, and then just really like game planning it for the week. I know it sounds complicated and like so tedious, but honestly, just taking that time makes it so much um, more efficient at the grocery store. And then what I do is, once I create that list, I'll delete all the instructions from. I'll make like a second copy and delete the instructions and then just create a grocery list from those recipes. And then at the bottom, I'll always add like, oh, we need eggs and milk and oats and things like that and just add them. And so going to the grocery store with that list is just so helpful because I know that like, I'm buying that broccoli for this reason. I'm not just buying broccoli because I know that broccoli is healthy for you. I'm buying broccoli because I saw this like really cool, like sticky chicken and broccoli recipe and it sounds good. And I already have the recipe for, and I already bookmarked it and I already bought the broccoli. And so kind of putting the two and two together, I think will really help. And yeah, I think as much as possible getting the kids involved, my kids, especially when they were little, I would have them like smell the things like, you know, what do you think? Like, what does ginger smell like? And What should we use this for? And then I would teach them like how to grate on and how to like peel and things like that. So getting them involved, I think, is, is really crucial. And game planning as much as possible. It doesn't have to be complicated, but I think going to the grocery store with an idea of recipes really helps perfect
0: segue into my next question that I was going to ask you, because I was wondering, what are the best ways to get your children involved in the kitchen? And I love how you were saying, like, even at an early age that you were getting your little ones involved. But I also want to know, like, why is that important? And how young can we start them in the kitchen? And yeah, any tips regarding all of that?
1: My kids were actually in Montessori school when they first started, like at 18 months. And I remember that. The first day that I was there, the teacher asked my daughter to grab like a pitcher of water and pour for herself. Well, she, my daughter was thirsty. And she goes, okay, go ahead, pour for yourself. And I was like, no, what are you doing? Like, And it was a glass pitcher. It was a really tiny pitcher, but she said she's more than capable of doing it. I'm like, she's 18 months old. And I was looking at this teacher, like, does she want an accident to happen right now? But my daughter took it and she spilled, she spilled all over. And then I was like, see, I told you, but this was like a three hour thing. And then an hour later, she was thirsty again. And she goes, help yourself again. And my daughter spilled a little bit less. And then the third hour, I was like, she didn't spill. It was amazing. Just like in the three hour window to see her like, get water three times and how she struggled and how she corrected herself. And it was really empowering for her to know that she can do this simple task by herself as pouring water. And it was liberating for me to know that, hey, she's more than capable of doing this. And there's no such thing as like too early to start anything. So given their Montessori background and kind of what I learned from these teachers and just empowering them to do a lot more, I mean, they would literally take apples at school and use a corer and and cut it themselves. And whenever they wanted a snack, they would help themselves. They would grab the apple and they would use the corer to cut it themselves. And I'm like, okay, well, why don't I bring these kind of things to my own home? And so I got them a little pitcher that was small enough for their hands. And so they don't have to grab the big Brita from our fridge, but a smaller one that they could actually grab. I put placemats for them, like lower cupboards that they can actually grab to help set the table. For example, I made sure that we had plastic cups so that they can kind of grab and pour for themselves. And if it's spilled, it's no big deal. It's just the plastic cup. It's not glass. And so as hard as it is, but in the first like few years, six months old to five years old to six years old, actually catering your kitchen to your kids and not making it seem like this really scary place is so helpful for kids because they learn to become part of it. And as they get older, you upgrade those tools for them. So my daughter may have started out with just like, taking a toothpick and testing a cake because that felt safe for her to like show her like, okay, this worked. And at three years old, they can use an apple core or an egg slicer, all of those like fun gadgets or the avocado slicer. And then at, now as they're getting older, I'm like, all right, we're going to use a regular vegetable peeler because you're ready for that. And guess what? Like we're ready for a knife as well. Like you can first slice a banana with a table knife and then slowly kind of graduate to that. It's so scary at first. And you're like, they're using, and my husband would walk. He's like, they're using a knife. What are you doing? I'm like, I know they're more than capable. They can slice that strawberry. I gave them a small knife and they're able to do this. So working with your kids and trying to set up a kitchen in a way that makes them feel like it's for them and it's tools for them is really helpful. And then just graduating all of that. So I also have another really good resource on my website for like age by age, 20 activities per age or so that I recommend, which is really, I think really cool for for parents. We need
0: that. We need that. That. It's a really good
1: one to link to. And it's really inspired by this whole Montessori system of how they train their kids and give them more and more responsibilities with age. I'm writing this down right now so that
0: we can make sure we have this in our show notes, y'all, because that would be so cool just to like how to get started. So it's less intimidating for kids and really makes it feel like part of the whole family cooking thing. I know mamas, you're like, oh, it's going to take me three times as long to cook my dinner with my kids getting involved. But just like you were saying, Yumna, like Yes, it may take a long time, but the more that they practice, the faster they'll get, just like you were saying with the pitcher activity, like they'll they'll get better with it. It's just practice and it's learning and how cool to get them started at such a young age so that, you know, when they get older, they feel even more confident and can really help in the kitchen, which is amazing. Absolutely. Now I'm curious, how do you create balance in the kitchen, creating food that is delicious and also healthy and nourishing for your family?
1: Because I'm a recipe developer and tester, like no weeks look the same. Honestly, I'm trying <laughs> for us, like Mondays, I'm, I'm testing a bunch of different recipes. And so I try to play with texture, I try to play with color, and I try to play with flavor as well and introduce them to Indian spices and, you know, use um, Arabic spices whenever possible. And Every time, like it's mostly is what Arabic spices, but we'll try to use like different cultural spices, introduce them to um, new ingredients whenever possible. So I think for me, the way I create balance is just by keeping it fun, I think, and keeping a little bit of variety. So if we're used to eating tacos with taco shell tortillas, like I found yuca for jicama and I'm like, oh, why don't we use this instead? And my daughter loved the idea. She's like, this is so cool. It's a vegetable and it just looks like a tortilla. It's still delicious. It's nutritious, and it's fun for them. And I think that's the most important thing, especially with kids, keeping it super fun for them to try a bunch of different meals and enjoy the process of cooking and eating. It should never feel like a
0: chore, (laughs) right? Uh, Even though it can feel like that for parents, but if you make it
1: fun, it it can be fun for the whole family. It really does, yeah. And honestly, like you said in the beginning, I was like, I don't want you to help me, especially like if I was trying to bake something really quickly. The kitchen could easily go from like clean to disaster in like twenty minutes. Like it is, it's so much easier to do it by yourself. But now I have an eleven-year-old and a nine-year-old, and all that hard work and suffering in the kitchen of a dirty kitchen has really paid off because my daughter is so self-sufficient now, and she's actually helpful in the kitchen now. We can she can put away dishes and chop things up, and she does her own lunchbox and like, this is wonderful. Like it actually saves me time. So bear it out parents. (laughs) It's it's a a long road and it's growing pains, but I think it's worth it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And now I know that you said some of your like must haves in your fridge or pantry. Now I'm curious, are there like tops? staple ingredients or tools that all parents should have in their kitchen? Is that like milk, butter, or is it like you said, onions, avocados? Like What are the top staple ingredients and tools that you
1: recommend? Ingredients-wise, what I mentioned, like if you have onions, carrots, and celery, I feel like you can make any soup you wanted. And so I think that having some of those are really important. I also think that having a well-stocked pantry can really help too because it feels a little bit less intimidating. So having things like Sun-dried tomatoes, for example, that could add so much flavor or having olives, for example, or pickles. Those are little things that can last forever in your fridge. They're less intimidating to look at, but they can add so much flavor, like chopping up pickles in a simple macaroni salad can just take it to the next level. Adding sun-dried tomatoes to a pasta sauce can make it add more depth to it. Adding olives to a sandwich just adds more texture as well for kids. So, Think about some of those like pantry items as well that can last forever, but also take your meals to the next level. And obviously I always have pasta, different kinds of pastas. Like I always have different like spaghettis and elbow and penne trying to have different kinds. And also I always have a lot of rice. I buy like a 20 pound bag <laughs> and it's just like, cause we go through it so much and my kids love it so much. So I always make sure that I have that. And then I also think that having canned beans is really helpful as well. As much as it's so much better, you know, maybe it's better, I don't know, like using dried beans whenever possible. We don't have time for that. It's not realistic to have to do that. So I always have a variety of different canned beans, like white beans, chickpeas, red kidney beans, and you could do so much with them. They're full of protein. They're easy meal starters, I feel, for soups or stews or sandwiches or dips. Like You can do a lot with those types of beans. So I try to keep those on in my pantry as much as possible. And then when it comes to tools, a really good knife is like so essential. I, I highly recommend a really good knife. Like which knife, Yumna? Which knife? Zwilling has a good knife. Also, um, Wustaf has has really good knives as well. So mm-hmm. and I have Perfect. some on my website as well, like all the different knives that I use. But just having something sharp, honestly, it doesn't have to be any specific brand or any specific type, just something that feels comfortable in your hands that's sharp. It's really going to make meal prepping so much faster and the whole production process in your kitchen much faster. Having a vegetable peeler, honestly, is really fun for kids. We use it for carrots, for potatoes. We use it for, um, I don't know, we we end up using it often. I think carrots and potatoes are the two most, but it just ends up being a a really good tool to have in the kitchen. And if your kids are really young, think about what it is that they eat often, whether it's apples every day or if they eat a lot of boiled eggs and get one of those like, one one job tool because it may seem like a one job tool and an unnecessary purchase, but most of them are like five to seven dollars. And they make such a difference with the kids to make them feel like I've got my handy dandy like tool. I actually got a spiralizer for my kids and they love that it peels the apple. It's completely unnecessary. (laughs) It's like a ten dollar thing that's completely unnecessary. But they eat more apples that way. And so they love to see it getting peeled. They'll still eat the peel too because it's pretty and spiralized. And then the apples are pretty and spiralized and they're just eating more of them. So thinking about those necessary tools like knives and cutting boards and measuring spoons and those essentials, but also maybe like one to two gadgets that like your family rely, like based on what foods your family loves to eat, whether it's boiled eggs or avocados or apples, for example so helpful. How cool.
0: And now I need to know like what resources do you recommend that our listeners look into for further inspiration in the kitchen? Obviously feel good foodie for sure. But is there anything else that you would recommend like as a good resource?
1: I think whatever feels natural. I think that following influencers online feels like the easiest thing to do because it feels entertaining. Mm -hmm. TikTok university is a real thing. I've learned a lot of things on TikTok. (laughs) So I honestly feel like I used to start learning by reading like Parents Magazine or Real Simple and they would have all these great tips for parents. But these days I'm just reading less magazines and I'm getting so much more inspiration online and on social media. So following a couple of like parents that you can connect to is one of the best resources, honestly. Perfect. Perfect.
0: And for our listeners, just any final thoughts or advice that you want to leave them?
1: I mean, don't be intimidated by the whole cooking process. Have fun with it as much as possible and know that you can never mess up. Even I have failed recipes almost every week in my kitchen. And even when I do, we still eat them. We still enjoy them. And I still learn something from every time I have a failed recipe. It feels like, man, I wasted 30 minutes, but I learned for the next recipe and I learned for for the next time. And same with you, same with your listeners as well. They may not be doing recipe development, but if they messed up, Grilled cheese sandwich, for example, they're just going to be so much better at it next time, and they're just going to teach their kids how they messed up and how they can make it better, and really perfecting that time or that process or those ingredients.
0: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So when you mess up, it may actually be sometimes mistakes can be the best recipe, and sometimes it cannot be, and that's a learning lesson, and that's okay too. So that's that's always encouraging to know. And Yuma, do you have anything new and exciting going on that we need to know about? I'm actually in the
1: process of working on a cookbook, which I'm super excited about. Yay!
0: Yeah. I, I
1: remember talking to you years ago and you're like, I don't know. So I'm glad mm-hmm. you're doing it. It's a long ways away. I mean, the whole production process and recipe testing and publishing takes a good two years. So hopefully 2024, the Feel Good Foodie Cookbook will be out. And it's going to be a wonderful resource for parents because I just want to make it a simple resource that parents can rely on and actually have recipes that they can cook from every day. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, I cannot wait to buy it. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. thank you so much. Of course. And, you know, where can our listeners find you, Yumna?
1: Um, I am Feel Good Foodie everywhere. I'm on Instagram a lot, it's my favorite platform. And so, any questions, you can DM me on, on Feel Good Foodie or on the website as well. My email address is on there as well at Feel Awesome. Oh my gosh. This was just so awesome, you
0: Nat. Yes. Like, Thank you again for sharing just your knowledge and your experience with us. I just I know that it will inspire so many parents to feel just more confident in the kitchen.
1: Yes. Thank you so much, Nina, for having me. It was so much fun to chat with you. And yeah. I feel like it was all one-sided. Like I want to learn about what you do and what your <laughs> kids are and with your five-year-old. I want to learn all of his favorite gadgets and his favorite recipes. We'll leave that for another time. <laughs> exactly.
0: Cause this is all about you. I was like, Oh, I miss her. And this is a great <laughs> opportunity to catch up and, and hear all the amazing things. And this was just, again, so enlightening and I'm just so proud of you. You're do- you're rocking it. And to be inspired by other women and surround ourselves with other inspiring women is just such a passion of mine. So I- I'm so overjoyed that
1: you were here. Thank you so much, Dinah. I appreciate it. Of
0: course. And for our listeners out there to learn more about Yumna and Feel Good Foodie, you can visit her on the web at FeelGoodFoodie, f e e l g o o d f o o d i e dot net, or on Instagram at FeelGoodFoodie. Our team will be posting today's episode on our Baby Chick Facebook page. So if you have any questions or comments about our discussion, please share them with us in the comments section. And as always, if you haven't already, please subscribe to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts leave us an honest review. Cheers to getting in the kitchen.